what we're going to talk about next week is uh, why stay married. And so we're going to talk about next week what is the most valuable resource that any and every marriage has. What is the most valuable resource that any and mar marriage has? And we're going to, we have these two books in the back. If you're interested in picking up, Derek's going to do some groups based off of this. Singles, groups, married, all this about inner lives of men, inner lives of women. The book's in the back. You can see Josh after it's over and pick up a book. Um, Derek's going to talk a whole lot more about that uh, next week. Today, the topic is why get married, as we just uh, looked at. Okay, and I'm going to throw out some disclaimers. So here they come. Ready? Please hear all the disclaimers that I'm getting ready to uh, give to you. I've been asked to speak on this subject. I have been asked to speak on this subject. It was not my idea. I didn't, uh, we were planning on not doing it, and this uh, cry rose up um, and said, no, we really want to hear about this, and so here you go. This is, uh, this is what we're asked to do. And here's the thing. Uh, those people who were asking for it, I said, what do you want? They said, we want it raw and real. Raw and real. No sugar, no spice, no beating around the bush. Give it to us straight. Don't worry about hurting our feelings. Our feelings are already hurt. You can't hurt them any more than they are. Yeah, just let's go. Let's just have it. Just uh, give it to us. And so that's what we're about to do. I'm going to talk about averages today. I'm going to talk about probabilities. I'm going to talk about most people. Does that make sense? So if you're here and you are the exception to every rule that's out there, God bless you. God bless you. I'm not talking to you today. I'm talking to the probabilities. I'll use the word most a lot. Like I'll say most men and most women. So if you're not the most, if you're always the exception, then just turn me off and go to sleep like most people do, okay? Um, I have gotten together, and I need, to thank, I need to thank a ton of people. I have gotten together with a group of exceptional people. I've done this in both group settings, individual settings. I've been, I've been working at this thing for over a month, just hearing from people. And I've got to tell you what, the people who spoke to me, what an incredible group of people, both inside of this church community and outside this church community that I've talked to. It's been absolutely fascinating. Last thing, everybody, you're visiting with us today. If this is like your first time or you haven't been around in a while, you're just coming back today, you know what we're talking about today, and you're looking, you know, I want to go to church today. I'm going to go to Grace Community Church. I just want to, you know, I really want to connect with God. And I just want to feel the peace of Jesus Christ just invade my soul. I want to apologize to you. <laughs> this wasn't the day to come. Um, it's going to be a little bit raucous. It's going to be a little bit raw. Some of the things I'm going to say are going to be straight to the point. There will be people in this room who will be offended, and I want to say I'm sorry at that. I'm not intentionally offending anybody. I just want to give you information that I've heard. Not everything you're going to hear me say is my opinions. The stuff that I've heard said, and I want to relate it to you as I've put it together, okay? Um, and But, you know, if you're charged up and you need to talk to me afterwards, just come into the art room and uh, we'll... We'll have a dialogue about the whole situation. Is that, does that sound cool? Um, age appropriateness. I'm going to talk about some stuff today, just in case any of your parents have kids here. We're going we're gonna to get not a lot. There's no video on that. There's no graphic. But uh, I just, okay, I want to throw that out there. All right, here we go. I want to do some slides for you. Actually, um, could you hit the thank you very much? So what I did was is... Um, I got together with a group of singles, both men and women, and some of these slides represent some of my one-on-ones uh, -on with those people, but most of it represents my talks in the singles forum, but to both men and to women. And the way I started out was I wanted to have an understanding of where they were. On a scale of 1 to 10, 
you know, uh, where are you with the whole idea of marriage? So, so can we throw up that first slide here? So the number one was, number one was like, if you're at a one, I never want to get married. Remember the one guy in there that said, that's it, I'm done, I'm not getting married? Or the women who said all men's are, men are losers. Nobody agrees with that here, though. But uh, I never want to get married. Five is, ah, you know, I might want to get married. And one is I wake up saying I do. Now, I already let the cat out of the bag on this whole deal last week when I told you that I got together with a group of guys. And what shocked everybody is where do you think the guys were? For those of you who weren't here last week, where, where, what number? Shout a number out. Where do you think the guys were on this whole marriage scale? Five, seven, right. Seven is it. Seven is it. The guys were at a seven. Where are the women? Really? Okay. The women were at a solid five. The women are a solid five, and that completely shocked everybody. And, uh, you know, people said, when I shared that information, okay, when I shared the information that women were at a solid five, when I shared it with either men or women, with either a married person or a single person, they all had the immediate reaction. They are lying to you. They're lying to you. The group of women, you should have, you know, you should have had Krista in there talking to the women because, you know, for whatever reason. So there's a thought, there's a thought, and we don't know if it's true, but there's the thought that people think that women are at eight, nines, and tens, where women, at least who I sat down with, said, no, no, we're all at a solid five. So that's, that's quite interesting. Don't know what totally to make of that. Second slide is this. I asked them, what is the first uh, what's the first word that comes to your mind when I say the word marriage? And the guy said this, it's responsibility. And I'm just taking notes. I'm just taking, as I'm wearing this, I'm just, boom. Responsibility, commitment, family, expensive. <laughs> now, look, now look how this corresponds to women, though. Isn't this interesting? So the commitment, forever parents, my parents get married, love, and what? Stress. So, you know, we kind of got some good stuff, and there's that one bad thing at the end, stress and expensive. It's kind of the same there. So the, the third slide is, I asked them this. I said, what is the greatest benefit? The greatest benefit to getting married. And the first word that was that screamed out in the women's forum, first word screamed was taxes. Very practical. And actually, someone, you're going to get done with this message. And some of you say, you know what, John, but, you know, we could talk about this and we could talk about this. And we, and we could. There's so many things that we could just done, run little rabbit trails off of. It's unbelievable in this whole series. And you could make a whole deal about taxes. There's a lot to be said. Of, there's, I'm not talking about from a tax person's perspective. I'm talking about why, why did women yell out taxes? They're, it's very interesting. It's important. It's not bad either. Okay. All right. Ta companionship, support. Now, uh, when I asked the guys that, you see what they said. You asked the guy, what's the bread? But the first thing that was yelled out in the room was sex. And then the room fell silent. There was nothing else. <laughs> silent. There was nothing else that was said beyond that. All right, then I, I asked the question, let's see the last slide. The last slide, what's the, what is the greatest negative marriage? And the guy said, also, <laughs> sex, and the room fell silent uh, immediately after that. Nothing, nothing else was, uh, was added to that whatsoever. Now, why didn't I ask the girls? Well, the reason I didn't ask the girls is um, I t had totally lost control of their meeting at that time. And I just, we were so far off track. It was, it was really bad. Okay. All right. Uh, we're ready for the lights. All right. I asked the guys, uh, I asked them both in the group setting. I asked them both in the group setting, and then I asked individually. This is a response that I'm getting in from both ways, all right? Biggest frustration that guys have with girls. What is your biggest frustration? And the response was, was pretty immediate. Uh, the guys said that girls are attracted to bad guys. Girls are attracted to bad guys. They're, they're, they're drawn to the bad boys. 
And the guys in the room, of course, all we had was good guys in the room, right? So the guys in the room were a little frustrated by that. And I've talked to guys outside of that room, and I've had a bunch of guys, they say all the same thing. Girls are attracted to the bad boys, and that irritates us. Now, what I did with that information is I went outside of that room, and I started asking both men and women, and you know what? Both men and both women said yes. Both men and women said yes, you're exactly right. Girls are attracted to the bad boys. Now, I was standing over here just in the last week, and I was sharing this with Elizabeth, who's sitting right here, and I said, uh, you know, this information. And she said, yes, that is true, but. And so, because I might get it wrong, uh, put some juice on this mic, and so let's have the but. But what, Elizabeth? But say it. Women are attracted to strong men, not safe men, men who will pursue them and make them feel desirable and wanted. Okay. So there's the caveat. Thank you for the round of applause. Uh, there's the caveat to that, and sometimes what I'm thinking is the lines get a little bit blurred then. The under, you know, so you, you got a bad guy, but he's really pursuing hard, so maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. So, ladies, you'll have to answer that question yourself, but that's the deal with this. Uh, both sides agreed to this. They both agreed to this. The other side, the opposite sex, the other side of the party is too picky, borderline unrealistic. And this statement was said more than once. This one was. If you want an exceptional spouse, then you better be an exceptional person. So get working on yourself. And that was said with a little bit of a bite to it. Uh, I don't know where that was coming from, but it was a little bit of a bite to that whole deal there. Okay. Um, women said this, you can't look to a man to complete you. Only God can do that. Joy and contentment come from God and God alone. A woman does not need a man. Men said, if you don't need me, you will not have me. We have a problem there, don't we? If you don't need me, then you're not going to have me. Now, here comes a very confusing one for me on this issue. Let's talk this one out here for a second. All right. Um, women said this to me, uh, never in the group setting. Uh, if it was in a group setting, it was always a very small, very, very small group setting, or it was just a quick conversation that I have with them. Women said this, I want a man to tell me what to do. I said, I want a man to tell me what to do. And I, I said, excuse me? <laughs> now, let me, let, me, let me put this, some borders around context, okay? The women I talked to about this were all strong women. They were all, because you might be thinking, oh, that's some weak woman, you know, running around barefoot. That's her whole idea, pregnant in the kitchen or whatever. These were all very strong, very opinionated, get-on-your-nerves kind of women going to tell you what to do. So this is coming. I want a man to tell me what to do. And so I investigated this with some of the women and asked some questions like, um, well, one woman said this, you know, like if we're, you know, going out a day, I don't want, I want him coming along and saying, hey, honey, whatever, let's just do whatever you want to do tonight. No, she says, what I want is, I want him to come along and say, you know what? We're going to go to this restaurant, we're going to go to this movie. You get to choose. Pick. Which way you want to go? Now, when I had a, one conversation this past week with one woman about this whole issue. She's a very strong woman. And I said, so what are you saying here? Are you saying you want a man to tell you? She, I want a man to tell me what So I repeated it back. I've learned. I repeat the words right back out of my mouth. Here, you want a man to tell you what to do. I want a man to tell me what to do. That's what she said right back. I want a man to tell me what to do. You want a man to tell I want a, We did it back and forth, just so we were clear. There was no fuzzy air. You want a man to tell Yes. 
Okay, great. So um, I had asked the women in the group setting, you know, questions similar to this, and they were saying that they don't want to be stifled, they don't want to be controlled. And so this is what I heard back from women in the one-on-one. They said, here's the thing. I want a man to tell me what to do. I do not want a man coming along stifling me. I do not want a man coming along trying to control me. I don't want a man coming along telling me what to do. And they said this with a straight face. And I said, do you see any contradiction there? Not at all. That's what I said. What does that mean? What does that mean? Every woman I talk to about this says it makes complete sense. All the guys are here in this room saying, what, is, what are you talking about? It makes sense. Okay. I don't have the answer. Go and find the answer on that one. You know, what they did mention is we would like somebody to kind of uh, be like Jesus. Well, good luck on that. <laughs> Want somebody to love us like be a husband like Jesus was a husband and loved, you know, like, you know, Christ loved the church, willing to die, get crucified, all that kind of stuff. So, um, anyway, I'm just, I'm just giving you the information as has been given to me. Um, all right. Sex. Okay. And we're going to talk more on this later. Let me just, the shot across the bow. So more than one guy said this to me. Uh, why buy the cow if you're getting the milk for free? Easy. Easy. I'm just relating information. Okay. Uh, guys said this. If girls began to shut down on them sexually, there would be riots in the streets, around jewelry stores, as diamond rings began flying off of shelves. Let's move on. Do something else here. Okay. All right. Uh, I have, when I did the singles forum and then subsequent to that, I gave this uh, article out to lots of people. It's called The Case for Early, uh, Case for Early Marriage. And it's actually good. If you want it, email me off of our website, trygrace.org. I will send it to you. Everybody that's read it said that they found it uh, helpful. I want to read something to you from this that is very helpful for us living here in Washington, D.C., okay? This is what it says. In societies like ours that exhibit lengthy economic prosperity, men and women alike begin to lose motivation to marry and to have children and thus avoid one or both. Pragmatically, however, the institution of marriage remains a foundational good for individuals and for communities. I think that is very interesting. So what is being said is in the nation that we live in is demotivated towards marriage because we've had lengthy a lengthy time of prosperity. So there's a lack of motivation in marriage. Now that's borne out really clearly, isn't it? For the first time in the history of the United States of America, there are more single households than there are married households, right? So where's that coming from? We're not as motivated to get married and have kids. That just it's not there. It's not on our now what does that have to do with Washington DC? Well well we got an issue in Washington, D.C. Because Yahoo News reported this past week that Washington, D.C., the city that we live in, is the number one city in America. It's the city of choice for both people who are young and wealthy. So the people who are young and wealthy are attracted to this city unlike any other city in the United States of America. Of the 50 counties in the United States of America, the wealthiest counties where there is young, wealthy people, 16 of the 50 are right here in this city. You know what the number one county is? Loudoun County. Number two, Arlington. You're sitting in it right now. So what I'm telling you is this. If you wanted to choose any city in the world to get married in, this isn't the city. I told this to single people who want to get married. They said, that's it. I'm moving. I'm out of here. 
Okay, uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to move. We don't want you all like to pick up and move and go someplace else. That's not the point. The point is you always got to know, you know what you're up against. You got to know the facts. And here's part of the facts. We live in a, a society and we live in a city that is demotivated towards marriage. And so I just think that we all need to know that. Wow, okay. There we are. Um, if you were to pick up your Bible and you turn to the table of contents in the Bible, as I have my favorite burgundy and gold-colored Bible here, and I like to uh, and I like to read burgundy and gold. This young man over here has a wonderful stand up for a second, Chris. That is the human form of choice here at Grace Commission. But if you were to look at the table of contents in here and you wanted to look up the, you know, the dating and marriage section God's way, what would you find if you turned to the table of contents and you were looking for that section? You'd find nothing. You'd find absolutely nothing. So what does that tell us, everybody? It tells us simply this. God wants us to search the Scriptures, to search the Scriptures, to figure out what are his principles when it comes to both dating and to marriage? They're in there. They're hard to find. You'll have to do some work. You might have to sweat a little bit to figure that out. But God wants us to do that. It's a search worth doing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, God, we're going to uh, talk about a topic here today that uh, you know a whole lot about. It's a difficult topic. and uh, But Lord... It's something that needs to be talked about, and uh, we need to try to do our best to understand what you are saying as it pertains to this dating and marriage topic from your word. So grant us understanding and uh, move us forward, Lord, and give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. All right, I want to read to you from uh, Genesis chapter 2, if I can, for just a moment. Genesis chapter 2, where this all begins with Adam and Eve right there at the beginning and what was going on. And this is, this is what it says. It says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then... The Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Okay. So what do we learn uh, from, from all of that? Well, we learn a couple things, and that first one is this. The first negative statement that you read in the Bible is found here in Genesis chapter 2. Up until this point, which is quite startling, is that there's, there's not been any negative statements that have been issued. God, as you know, if you've ever read Genesis chapter 1, is calling things good, 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 everything's good. God created X, Y, and Z, it was good. God created A, B, and C, and it was good. It was good, it was good, it was very good, it's good. Everything's good, right? And then we get to this right here in Genesis chapter 2, and for the first time, something's called bad. It's not good. It's bad. And God issues that statement. God said it's bad. And what does he say is bad? He said, this is a bad thing that this man is alone. Here's two fill-in-the-blanks I'd like you to put down. First of all is marriage is a good idea. 
I had so many people say this to me. They said, you know what? You need to make a case to us, biblically speaking, that marriage is a good idea. Should I actually want to get involved in this thing that has a 50-50% you know, hit rate? Does it actually? You need to convince us somehow, biblically speaking, that this should be something on my radar screen that it's a good idea. Marriage from the Bible is a good idea. Not only that, second filling is this. Marriage is God's idea. God came up with this idea. Now, you might say, well, John, it says here in Genesis chapter 2 that, you know, God saw Adam and says, you know what, this guy needed help. How many women say God needs, that guys need help? Many women here say, yes, men need help. Okay, three or four of you say it. You know, I'm going to encourage you as we, as, we, as we go throughout this, if you've got something to say, um, you nod, agree, say amen, something like that, because it throws all the, you know, it throws everything off if, if you don't. Just trust me. So this, this works. It's God's idea. It's a good idea. And you might say, well, John, you know, God creates Eve and so and says that Adam, he needs a helper. So, okay, we're cool with that, right? A man, you know, needs help. needs a buddy. He needs a friend, you know, right? He didn't need a wife. Lord knows he doesn't need a mother nagging him, right? What the man needed was he needed a friend. And you might say that. You might argue that case. But I would argue against that. And I'll tell you why I argued against it. Because the first thing you read, Genesis 2, 22, Eve comes onto the scene. And God says, you know what? This guy needs help. And so what does God deliver him? Does he deliver him just a buddy who happens to be the opposite? No. Because two verses later, verse 24, what is she called? She's called his wife. And then one verse after that, verse 25, she's called his wife. And then repeatedly through chapter 3, she's called his wife. So what God saw that this guy needed, this guy Adam needed, this man needed a wife. That's what he needed. He didn't need a buddy. He didn't need a friend because it doesn't support that. All right. It is a fact, everybody, that married men do better spiritually, socially, emotionally, physically, financially, and yes, married men do better sexually. They are more sexually satisfied as opposed to the movies and the junk that the guys are telling you around the water cooler. Apparently, in reality, it's not going all that good for them. Because the studies show that men are doing better in all these categories that are married as opposed to single men. I'd like you to fill this one in. And I want you to say the first word with me so we can just remind ourselves of what the first word says. It says most men. Can you say the word most with me? Most. Very important word. It's a very important. Not every man. Not every man. Most men. Most men need to get married in order to achieve their God-given potential. Most men. There's some men that... Lord, have mercy, they should never marry one day in their lives, right? Okay, we know that. Let's forget them. Let's go with the, all right? Most men, let's go with most. Most need to get married in order to get God-given potential. All right, I also believe this. I believe that most married men, most married men, tend to live lives with more purpose and more meaning as a result of the fact that they are married. I wholeheartedly believe that after talking to lots of people and reading stuff on this issue, most men. It is a fact that women are more mature than men. I'll say it again. That is a fact that women are more mature than men. Will any woman here say amen to that statement? Is there an amen? Okay. We're clear. It is clear from studies. It is clear that marriage that marriage grows men up. Okay? One see? It's a girl, right? Okay. She's over here. You heard her. Yeah, she already knows it. She's like seven months old. She's already Yes, it's true. Marriage grows men marriage grows men up, right? 
left to himself, Adam left to himself, and most men left to themselves, right, without strong female influence in their lives, left to themselves, a man will be a little boy to his dying day. Has anybody seen Jackass the movie? Huh? Has anybody seen Jackass the movie, right? Okay, you, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You haven't seen the movie? Go rent it, go see it. It's ridiculous. Women look at it, this is gross, this is crude, this is stupid, these are dumb little boys. Guys look at it and say, man, this is really gross, but this is pretty cool. You know, this is, you know, all kinds of, you know, they do stuff, they like, they cut themselves. I watch clips on YouTube this because I've never seen the whole, I watch clips, and, you know, one of the clips was these guys got in these swivel chairs, right? They kneeled them, and they spun them around really quick, two guys, and then after they got really dizzy, they let them fight, just wail away at each other. And a whole group of guys stood around just laughed like crazy, right? Girls say, that's dumb. Guys say, oh, that's cool, man, right? Left to ourselves without strong female influence, left to ourselves, we will be little boys to our dying day. This is not my opinion. This is kind of just facts. It's kind of facts. Amen. Amen, brother. Okay. I am going to leave town after this uh, is over just... Don't bother, don't bother calling me. You won't be able to find me, okay? Just want to say that. All right, marriage is a good idea. Marriage is God's idea. Most men, most, say the word most. Most men need to get married in order to achieve God's potential. Let's talk about sex. Genesis chapter 1, God says these words, be fruitful and multiply. This is the most obeyed command ever issued from the mouth of God. Like, people got all kinds of problems with the Ten Commandments, but bring this one on, man. We're good with this one. We got you. Be fruitful. There's only one way to do that, everybody. And, you know, ooh, let's go. So this is what God says. So sex is God's idea, and sex is a good idea. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 7. All right, here's Paul. Obviously, he's responding to questions that's been asked him, and he's writing a response back. He says, now getting down to the questions that you asked me in your letter first, is it a good thing to have sexual relations? That's the question. Here's the answer. Certainly. Well, thank goodness Paul said that. But, and here comes the but, but only within a certain context. It's good. Well, so what's the context he's putting in? It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife, the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Amen. All right. Marriage is a decision to serve the other. This is really critical. I know we're talking about marriage next week, everybody. But I'm going to tell you what. If you don't have a servant's heart towards the person you're married to, forget it. You're never going to have a great marriage. And that's after talking to couples for the past 24 years. I swear to God that's the truth. If you don't have a servant's heart, you'll never have a great marriage. Okay. All right. Um, marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if you both agree to it. If you both agree to it. If you both agree to it, I think he said. There we go. And if, that, and, and, if, and if that's for the purpose of prayer and fasting, how long could you fast and pray for? Not very long, okay? But only for such times. And then you come back together. Do you know what this seems to indicate to me? This is one of the lengthiest passages we have on sex in, in marriage. It seems to advocate here, everybody, abstinence before you get married and complete hedonism after you get married. That's what it seems to indicate to me if, that's, if I'm reading it correctly. Like the only time, it's the, uh, you know, 
fasting and prayer, my goodness, I mean, you could pray in like 10 seconds or something like that, and it would be over. So that's, so here's the thing. Sex is a good idea. Sex is God's idea. Now, here's the deal. Here's the facts. 90% of people, 90% of the people living in the United States of America, 90% of us have sex before we get married. 90%. All right. Now, you might say, okay. What about the goody-goody Christians? They go to church every Sunday. What about those who are like the Bible thumpers, who are like really conservative church? I believe this is my Bible. I believe in the Bible, and I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus very much. How about those people? They're definitely not having to the tune of 90%, right? They're not having it. And if, if you asked me that question, you made this, I'd say you're exactly right. They're not. They're not. 20% of them are not. 80% of them are. 80%. So if you track those two numbers, 90%, 80%, there's very little gap. There's very little gap there. So what does the Bible have to say about this? If you were to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and chapter 7, it says there is a curse on us, a physical curse on us when we engage in premarital sex. And then it describes this. It says that there's like a cure, there's like an antidote to this curse. And the antidote is marriage. So it completely suggests to us that before there should be abstinence, and then after, as I said before, there is hedonism. Or to put it as uh, Beyonce did, if you want it, you better put a ring on it. People, uh, people don't think I'm hip, or I don't know what to... Latest music. I know what's going on out there. Okay. <clears throat> now, uh, if you'd like to fill this blank in, uh, single women need to just say no. Single women need to just say no. Now, you, uh, sex. Uh, you might be saying, well, gosh, that's a little harsh, isn't it? Well, let me clarify the statement. I'm not trying to say, and I'm. these are from talks that I've had with guys. Guys who are active, not inactive, guys who are active, who said, yeah, I, I just wish that she would, uh, she would say no, or she's, or whatever, she would shut down. And you might say, well, that guy must have been drunk. What are you talking about? No, completely sober, and just said, yeah, wish that she would shut down. Now, here's what I want to say. Uh, I don't think any of those, definitely none of those guys got to question him on this. Uh, and I don't think the Bible suggests this, or at least the guys I talk to are suggesting this, that all the weight goes on a lady to say no, to, sh to, to shut somebody down, okay, to shut a guy down sexually. I don't, all that. But I think there's a larger portion of the weight that goes on, okay? And why is that okay? It, why should that be okay? And some of you are saying, oh, that's not okay. All right. Do you remember a few minutes ago? when we were talking about how guys are immature? Do you remember that? And do you remember how the women in the room were like, the heads were going up and down? Yes, we are, men are so immature and we're much more mature, you know? We need, we actually need you to, to then do it. We need you to be mature. Somebody's got to be the mature one in the relationship. And as much as that stinks, and as much as not all the weight and burden is on you, as much as all the weight is not in burden on you, I think there's a larger weight and burden that I'm hearing as I talk to people. And you got to shut him down and just say no. If you have to mention Lorena Bobbitt's name or something in that conversation, whatever you got to do, 
Now, I know that this is going to be somewhat controversial. I, I completely understand that. And this isn't just my thoughts. I'm telling you some, from guys who are active themselves and stuff that they're saying. Okay? But you're the mature ones. And uh, so that sucks to be mature. But uh, anyway. Okay. Ah, last thing. Uh, I asked the singles forum. I said, well, okay, what do you, what, what do you want to hear? When we got done with this whole deal, so what is it that you want? When you come to church on Sunday and we talk about this topic, tell me what in the world is it that you, that you want to hear? And I said this earlier. They all said the same thing. You know, tell us that marriage is a good thing. Show us somehow. Make a case somehow in the Bible that marriage is a good thing. I kept hearing that over and over in the forum. And as I talk to people, you know, one-on-one, it's a good thing. So I'm going to end with this scripture verse. It's Proverbs 18:22. It's a powerful verse. It says this, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. What kind of thing does he find? He finds a good thing. He finds a wife. He finds a good thing. And he obtains favor from the Lord. I see three things really clearly off of this verse that are very important to us in context of this discussion right here. Number one, what the Bible is telling us is that marriage is a good thing. At least it's a good thing for him. I don't know how good it is for him because you know what? You don't find any corresponding verse to this in all the Bible. It never says, she who finds a husband finds a good thing. And that's a problem for me. I don't know if anybody else has a problem about that, but we need to talk to God about that. Why is it, you know, anyway. All right. So it's a good thing. It's a good number two thing is you're going to get the favor of God on you. So, uh, guys, listen to me. You want to know how to get the favor of God on you? Well, Proverbs 18.22 says this is how most men, can you say most Most men receive favor from God. What does the word favor mean? It means God's divine approval. It means God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. How do you get into that realm where God is pleased with you? You go out and you find a wife. Third thing, who's doing the finding? Who is? He is. Who's doing the finding, everybody? God's doing the finding. Who's doing the finding? The man's doing the finding. It's very clear from the scripture here that God seems, and look, you know, again, there's not a dating and marriage section. There's very few verses we can turn to for all of this. But it seems like God maybe has an order for things, maybe has an order for things to go about here. And it seems that order is, is for the man to do the pursuing and the finding. And we talked about that earlier when we were talking about women being attracted to the bad guys. Sometimes the bad guys are all about hot pursuit, Right? And I heard so many women say this. I can't find an exciting, you know, pursue, come after me, spiritual man. Like if they love Jesus, they're just, they're sitting on their hands. What's wrong with them? Let's get up and let's go. Let's do something. So it seems as if this, everybody, that God's order of things is for the guy to go out and do the finding. And what happens in a world when guys don't go out and do the finding, it throws everything out of whack. And then you have women sitting around coffee tables, belly aching and complaining about guys all the time because there's no good guys out there and they're not pursuing. It just screws everything up. You have women waking up with their radars on every day saying, I want to get married, I want to get married. And then you have some saying, I don't want to get married, but they really want to get married. You follow me? It's all out of whack. And maybe, maybe the issue here can be solved when guys start going out and doing the finding again. So, I'm not saying it's all about the guys. I'm saying there needs to be some kind of there needs to be some kind of balance. So here's the fill in the blank. Most single men need to get busy and find a wife. Most. Most. Not all. Please. 
some men, as I said before, shouldn't even think about getting married because things are really messed up. But most single men need to get busy and find a wife because they're going to they're gonna achieve that potential God has in them. And that's borne out in facts. They're going to achieve that God-given potential in the context of marriage. All right. I'm done. I hope that that hasn't been too painful because it's been extraordinarily painful on me the last couple of weeks. I want to end with this. Uh, here's the thing that I've heard so much. Um, hope. I had so many people either say the word out of their mouth or I could hear it in their hearts when they talked to me, whether it was one-on-one or in a group setting. Can you give us any hope? Can you give us any hope? Can you give me any hope that one day I'm going to meet that person and we're going to decide to love each other and we're going to commit our lives? Is there any hope? Does God even see me? Does he care? Because I've prayed my guts out and nothing's happening. Is there anything you can do to give me any hope? Look, um, I can't tell you. I can't tell you that if you pray for that spouse, I can't tell you this. If you pray for that spouse every single day of your life that you have no sex, right, with anybody until you get married, that you're not going to die a single person because that happens sometimes. I can't tell you that if you follow all the stuff that I've just talked about that one day you're going to marry somebody and you're going to be absolutely miserable in marriage. Are you following me? But I can tell you the odds are in your favor that if you follow kind of God's game plan, things are going to work out better. That's what I can tell you. I can tell you about the probabilities of this because that's what seems to be bearing as I research all of this. So I have people asking me about hope. All right. Somebody called me a couple years ago and they were very interested in going into ministry. Very interested in going into ministry. And they wanted to set up an appointment to talk to me about going to seminary and ministry and ministry life and all this stuff. And so we made the appointment. They came and they sat down in the office. And man, they were just sky high, excited about ministry. And we were talking, dialoguing, you know, about it. And I was basically, I was just listening, doing a lot of listening. And they were just pumped up about ministry. And they were waiting. I know what they were waiting to hear back from me. Some kind of, yes, and here, do this and this. And this is so cool and awesome. And the whole time this person is talking, the whole time, what is screaming at me, I felt, was God was saying, this person needs to prepare themselves to meet their mate. Like they're getting ready to meet their spouse. And they, they need, their heart needs to be open for that. I don't know when it's going to happen. And I, finally I stopped them. I said, oh, stop. I, I got to tell you, I can't hear anything you're saying. I have to stop and pray with you because this is so strong. Uh, I just want to pray with you about meeting your spouse. And they said, What? And I said, yeah, I know, this is really weird. And they said, yes, it is. This is, And they were a little, actually, they got a little upset with me. And uh, I said, I'm sorry. I know it's strange. I'm a strange person. Please forgive me. But I can't do this. I have to, I'm sorry, I just have to do this. It's so strong. I have to pray. And so I prayed. And they said, boy, that was weird. And I said, yeah, it sure was. And <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, here we go. So we prayed, moved on. We talked about ministry. I was fine after that, did that. Three weeks later, this person met somebody. And within like a year and a half or two years, they married that person. Now, first thing I want to say, I am not the matchmaker guru. That is not what I'm saying. That's the only time that's ever happened to me in my life. I don't know what that was, why that was, why that was happening. I am not, okay. The other thing I want to tell you, and the reason I'm telling you that story, is leading up to today, I've been knee-deep in this subject for over a month now. And leading up today, stronger and stronger and stronger, every day as we got closer to this Sunday service, 
that has been the thing that has been on my heart and on my mind. I feel like there are people in this room right now today that God's got somebody out there for you and you're very close to meeting them. And I want to pray with you this morning. I've asked the prayer team in the next few moments to come up here with me and we're going to pray with you. And I'm dead serious. Now I want to qualify this. Because anytime we talk about this kind of stuff like this, everybody is just like, oh, that person's desperate. You know, oh, I don't want to be desperate. Uh, nobody's going to see me as desperate. Right? I can't be desperate, that kind of stuff. Look, I don't want any desperate people coming up. You're all banned. You can't come up. You're desperate, whatever, so you can't come up. Here's who I want to come up. If you're desperate for the will of God in your life, if you're desperate for God's best, if you're desperate to know what God wants for you, by God, please come up. I'm not saying that some magic thing's going to happen up here. I'm just saying I feel like we should pray about that today. And for those of you who remain in your seats back there, would you? the people who will come up, like the people who came up in the first service, this is serious stuff. This is heartbreaking stuff. People go to bed at night crying, both men and women. Go to bed at night crying, wake up crying, hurting. This is a really serious issue. For those of you who stay in your seat, would you just lift up your hearts in your prayer as we do this, okay? I really would appreciate that because this is I found out this is a really big deal. So I'm going to ask Ryan and the team if they'll come up, and, and we're, we're going to pray. I'm sorry. I've gone five minutes over. I hope you'll forgive me, and I hope you'll forgive me for all the things I've done to anger you this morning as, as well. Okay, I'm going to pray. Doug, could you get the lights? So I'm going to pray, and when I'm done, if you like to come up during this final song, uh, Ryan's going to invite you up, or after the song's over, you want to come up, the prayer team's going to be here, come, just please come. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, boy, we have really gone after um, an emotionally charged topic this morning. And, uh, Lord, my, my heart goes out to everybody specifically in this room this morning that, God, all they want is your will. That's all they want. They want your best. They want your will. They've prayed. Lord, I just pray for those here, God, who you have that person. You have that person that they could connect with for the rest of their life. God, we know that all kinds of stuff gets in the way of your will taking place. But God, I pray this morning that you would demolish all the barriers. And that, God, you would let miracles and connections take place. Like heavenly divine appointments. They would happen. Father, for the person here this morning who their hope is gone, their heart is hurting, their hope is gone, revive hope. Revive hope, God. And let there be answers to prayer and miracles take place in Christ's holy name. Amen.